Pause the podcast you're listening to right now and subscribe to Ghost Town. Ghost Town is me, Rebecca Lieb. And me, Jason Horton. And we explore all kinds of weird history, true crime, hauntings, paranormal events, and more. We cover the Slenderman stabbing, Tesla's death ray, the D.B. Cooper copycat, the cheerleader murder plot, Heaven's Gate, the Lars Midtank mystery, and Tuesday's Child, Ellie's first satanic magazine, just to name a few. You can find Ghost Town on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. In 1994, one woman's mystery illness turned a hospital upside down. I'm Jason Horton, and this is Strange Year. In 1994, we had the Northridge earthquake, Forrest Gump, and of course, O.J. Simpson. However, a woman known as the Toxic Lady made 1994 a strange year. Gloria Ramirez, February 1994. On February 19, 1994, Gloria Ramirez was rushed to General Hospital in Riverside, California. A total of six people attempting to work on her fainted, had shortness of breath, nausea, and even temporary paralysis. Gloria Ramirez, who's 31, was rushed to the hospital with rapid heartbeat and low blood pressure. She could hardly breathe and was answering questions incoherently. Gloria Ramirez had late-stage cervical cancer, which explained her deteriorating medical condition and they tried bringing her vital signs to normal, and nothing worked. Dr. Julie Korczynski applied a defibrillator, and they noticed a strange oily sheen on her body, and the staff also noticed a smell that had a fruity, garlicky odor. Nurses then placed a syringe in Ramirez's arm to get a blood sample. Her blood smelled like ammonia, and there were manila-colored particles in her blood. The doctor in charge of the ER looked at the blood samples and noticed something wasn't right, and it had nothing to do with heart failure. Dr. Korczynski smelled ammonia and felt dizzy. One of the attending nurses started to faint. Another nurse developed breathing problems. A third nurse passed out, and when she awoke, she was unable to move her arms and legs. Six people were unable to treat Ramirez because they kept having strange symptoms that were somehow related to the patient. The ER was ordered evacuated. A special team arrived in hazmat suits, and the team searched the ER for any signs of poison gas, toxins, or other foreign substances. The hazmat team didn't find anything that could suggest how the medical staff had fainted. The team put the body in a sealed aluminum casket. An autopsy didn't happen until almost a week later in a special room where an autopsy team conducted its work in hazmat suits as a precaution. Officials conducted three autopsies. One occurred six days after her death, then six weeks, and then right before her burial. A more thorough autopsy happened on March 25th, more than a month after Gloria Ramirez passed away. The team concluded that there were signs of Tylenol, lidocaine, codeine, and Tegan in her system. Tegan is an anti-nausea medication and it breaks down into aminis in the body. Amines are related to ammonia, which could explain the ammonia smell in Ramirez's blood. The most important part of the toxicology report is that there were large amounts of dimethyl sulfone in her blood and tissues. Dimethyl sulfone does occur naturally in the body as it breaks down certain substances, but once it enters the body, it disappears quickly, with a half-life of only three days. However, there was so much in Ramirez's system, it still registered three times the normal amount six weeks following her death. Three weeks later, on April 12, 1994, officials announced that Ramirez died of heart failure due to kidney failure brought on by the late-stage cervical cancer. Ramirez was diagnosed with cancer six weeks before her death. The unusual substances in her blood were too low to explain her death, even though there were elevated levels of ammonia and dimethyl sulfone in her body. It took county officials two months to release the body for a proper funeral because of the toxicity levels and fears that people would faint or pass out. Gloria Ramirez's family was not satisfied. Her sister blamed the horrible conditions at the hospital for her death, and the facility had been cited for many violations in the past. The coroner's office said the ER staff were sickened by, quote, the smell of death, 
The California Department of Health Services blamed the whole thing on mass hysteria. Dr. Korchinski was in the worst shape. She was in the hospital for two weeks, stopped breathing repeatedly, came down with hepatitis and pancreatitis, and later developed bone rot in her knees. The most likely cause? DMSO. Ramirez covered her skin from head to toe in DMSO, or dimethyl sulfone, as a possible way to cure late-stage cervical cancer. Medical science labeled DMSO a toxic substance in 1965. Back in the early 1960s, it was all the rage as a cancer cure-all. Dimethyl sulfone is a reaction to the product dimethyl sulfoxide, which is a solvent sometimes used by cancer patients as a home pain remedy. DMSO nor DMSO2 is especially dangerous, but a Livermore scientist came across a related chemical, dimethyl sulfate, which is DMSO4, as a powerful poison gas. It could cause nearly every symptom suffered by the Riverside ER staff. The Los Angeles weekly paper, New Times, came up with a possible alternative explanation. The hospital where the incident occurred may have been the site of a secret lab illegally manufacturing meth. In several stories in the New Times, there were reports of meth chemicals may have been smuggled out of the hospital in IV bags, one of which was inadvertently hooked up to the dying Ramirez. This triggered the round of nausea, headache, and other symptoms that put six ER workers in the hospital. Those smells and symptoms are classic to meth fume exposure. A forensic chemist who analyzed the drug lab materials was quoted as saying, meth manufacturing is said to be big business in Riverside County where the hospital was located. I want to thank all that's interesting, straight dope, discovery, and Reddit. If you'd like a companion piece in 1994, check out Ghost Town Podcast, episode 55, The Northridge Earthquake. If you'd like to message me, you can do so at Strange Year Pod, and I'll be back next time for another episode of Strange Year. Pause the podcast you're listening to right now and subscribe to Ghost Town. Ghost Town is me, Rebecca Lieb. And me, Jason Horton. And we explore all kinds of weird history, true crime, hauntings, paranormal events, and more. We cover the Slenderman stabbing, Tesla's death ray, the D.B. Cooper copycat, the cheerleader murder plot, Heaven's Gate, the Lars Midtank mystery, and Tuesday's Child, Ellie's first satanic magazine, just to name a few. You can find Ghost Town on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Nolan Sykes, a host of Past Gas, the number one automotive podcast in the world. Every week, my co-hosts, James Pumphrey, Joe Weber, and I bring you some of our favorite stories from the hollowed halls of car history. From the amazing to the weird to the utterly unforgettable moments, we cover it all. Join us as we take a look at the wild stories and larger-than-life characters behind legendary cars and car makers. So if you love cars or just like a good story, check out Past Gas by Donut Media, the number one automotive podcast in the world.